0: Two.
1: Say that, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
2: Right. All right. Let's keep it moving. So joining
1: us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. <laughs>
3: How y'all doing?
4: <laughs> wow. And uh, joining us from all the way from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, one of the Pastor Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. So that's true. And I'm here and I'm just kind of slowly accepting the... Uh, the the announcement of my presence that you made on the show. Matt, I want to thank you for that. And also, I want to thank my fellow co-hosts for, for Let's having just keep me. keep moving. Oh, my bad. Sounds Lee, like a, you sounds are like so a man welcome.
3: who's drunk on robin eggs. You are just so welcome. Well, Still I waiting. have... If I may, I have an emergency for us. Because I know Glenn wants to get right to it. Can right. I, like, I like to just get right. I don't know why. We'll, Can I just go ahead doing? and just, just declare an emergency? Would that be all right? Sure, with you're
1: being get almost it. too Southern with being very casual about the emergency. <laughs> well, you know, the barn's on fire. But I, I think have... we're all going to figure it <laughs> hey, out. Hey, y'all.
2: I like to declare emergency. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's prepare you're ourselves.
1: The re- people like you are the reason Sherman succeeded in that state, Chad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a,
1: law, it's a deep cut. Wow. A deep
2: cut. It's a deep cut. And
3: a- i that not was declared declare an emergency.
2: There we right. go. Is it a Civil War nerd emergency? It's <laughs> it's not. It's not. Because that, it, it got, that got going there. The war between the states. I believe Matthew.
1: you're all referring to the War of Northern Aggression. Whoa, I, I was
3: hoping that wasn't Something
1: that conflict is actually referred to in accredited right. universities. Not only
4: that, but we have a lot of South Carolinians who listen to this show. We need to take it easy because they. So there are people there that still feel very strongly like about it. Those,
1: very, those very people, bless them. I'm talking about the state of South Carolina. South Carolina seceded from the Confederacy,
3: if that tells you anything. <laughs> all right. Emergency time. We got a letter from official superfan for life, Miss Haley. Woo! Um, and we all think the world Woo. of Haley. Yes. Um, uh, uh, subject line, all caps, EMERGENCY! Mm. Nice. Dear Jen. Wait, wait, wait. We already declared emergency. Well, she's just kind of echoing what we've already declared.
2: I'm, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Tell me. Because we got to stop right there. Right. You cannot email in an emergency. Okay. will you email it in. We'll decide whether or not it's an emergency. We'll declare the emergency. When I'm going
1: to okay. give a word of knowledge because when you hear the contents of this email, Haley was right. Yeah. You're
2: saying this is an emergency It was never word. in doubt. Okay.
3: She writes, I found this lovely t-shirt today as I was perusing the aisles of my favorite thrift store. So far, it doesn't feel like it.
1: As I show Glenn an image of the t-shirt. Okay,
2: yeah.
3: never mind. <laughs> Keep reading. <laughs> and I thought that it deserves some attention and a fitting meme. Um, now, should we go ahead and, and tell our listeners about the t-shirt before we proceed to Haley's observations and questions? Yeah, we'll,
1: um, I will do my best to post a picture of said t-shirt on the, uh, the blog post that goes up this episode. We have, it's a lovely Carolina blue t-shirt. It has in white writing on it. Purely loving my husband, the mm. no, O oh, in loving is a heart. Okay. okay. Line, smaller text, and I haven't even met him. Yeah. Then oh, oh, in, uh, okay. in her goal to memify <laughs> Haley makes a very astute and hilarious observation of, maybe you haven't met a husband because you're wearing this t-shirt. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. So Haley goes on, um, off of this t-shirt, things that are questionable. Number one. There is a market for shirts like this? Number two. This was definitely not the only one of its kind, suggesting that at this very moment, some young girl kissed, I kissed dating goodbye is wearing this t-shirt. That's disturbing. Number three. Was this girl told that by wearing this shirt, she will attract a gaggle of handsome male
2: suitors? Which is definitely not going to happen. Definitely. You know, that's just
1: craziness. What? Listening to this podcast attracts a gaggle of attractive suitors. The opposite. sex <laughs> That's, that's, that's a,
2: science. That's just a fact. You can't argue the facts. Number four. What
3: happened to the previous owner? Did she happen to miraculously listen to the Say That podcast and realize that she had to purge their closet of such foolery?
2: obviously oh, yeah, I, I do consider it a miracle store. every time someone listens to this show there, there can be no other explanation
3: and question number five all caps who will buy it next that's a great question Haley writes i almost bought it just to take it far far away from public view but i know the people who work at this thrift store and that message just can't be erased from someone's <laughs> perception of
2: you yeah, that's
3: true
1: Again, we love Haley. We think the world of Haley. There is no more I just recently graduated college and live in Nashville statement than I know the people who work at this thrift store.
3: Sure, sure,
1: absolutely. Okay, a- well, <laughs> there's a lot going on. First of all, I think we should uh, we should all <laughs> commend Jed on his Letterman-esque narration countdown. You're welcome. Number right. three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who will buy it next? <laughs> the kids don't know Letterman. Okay, moving on. Paul, can I get
3: some buying music? Blah, 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 yeah, blah, Yeah, there's
1: a lot going on here. Um, I, I want to take a second and look at this from i uh, we'll I'll start. Maybe a more oddly optimistic view of this. Because she says, uh, There were several of these shirts in the thrift store. My hope is that someone had a book... I right. went to one of these here Christian conventions with a box of purely loving my husband t-shirts. They're going to sell like hotcakes. And at the end of said conference, still had a giant box yeah. of all these t-shirts okay. and had to go to the thrift store. Right. Yeah, That's probably too much credit to give
2: Christians, but that's what I want to be treated. A man can dream. Uh, I have several things. Okay. Um, I am not surprised. <laughs> purely loving my husband, who I haven't met yet. Okay. Uh, first of all... um if you wear a T-shirt that say that is telling the world, "I love someone I haven't met," that's uh, sends a bit of a funny message. That's an imaginary friend style yeah. situation. Yeah, super um, creepy. <laughs> if you say, "I'm purely loving my husband that I haven't met yet," um, you're you're sort of bragging about how good you're doing, being loving towards someone who doesn't actually exist yet
1: well that also means you somehow think you're at maximum loving a partner without
2: interacting with them at all right and I little little bit of a dangerous precedent okay i this probably would be wrong but are we closer (laughs) okay (laughs) a t-shirt that says brace yourselves people i love jesus and i'm a little bit loose Wow. <laughs> now that that's wrong, but yeah. if you're getting a t shirt that that's gonna uh, that's gonna get you a date, you see what i'm saying okay. <laughs> 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 wow. I mean, it's wrong. Yeah, see, that's I'm, I, I you know. Left and right with, limits. I know y'all. this is
1: wrong. Doesn't mean you <laughs> can <laughs> just say anything. It's I, think to, I think <laughs> it does. Not a
2: preemptive get out of jail <laughs> hey, free card. No, I or, think it's in the Bible. <laughs> are you again it? <laughs> yeah, I'm a oh, it. I know. I'm again it. This well. is. You know, it's wrong. I'm just saying. It would be more successful, you follow well, me. Well,
4: there, there is that, Lee. What you got, man? I have a question about this shirt that Haley sent in a picture of, which is exactly how many cat hairs are still
2: on the shirt. Oh, oh boy. Wow.
4: Wow. Yeah. I like cats.
2: Yeah. I don't know what's up with that.
1: Look, I know a lot of people listen to this show and have certain <laughs> expectations, and you don't expect me to be optimistic. That's weird. Glenn's a little cheeky. We all expect that from Glenn. Right. And then Lee just comes off the top rope right. just with dang an, an yes. elbow drop. Just that was cold.
2: spectacular. Absolutely stone cold. Oh, my cold. People
1: out there trying to rise above the stereotypes and live some... Uh, productive lives and not be crushed by patriarchal expectations and the man, Lee, just coming down on
3: him. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Lee
1: Younger podcasting from
0: 1958.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's what I want to put out there is, Haley, if you're listening right now, and I hope you are, I hope you enjoy the show, if you will go, if you will send your agent to buy this shirt and mail it to us... We will be forever in your debt. Right. We want to
2: own this t shirt. You're saying you yeah. want to go to, for example, Moody Bible Institute and oh. wear a t shirt that says, purely loving my husband <laughs> I haven't met yet? Is that what you're saying, Jed? Because well. I, I hear you saying that, and you know what? I think. Let me paint a word
1: picture for you people. Glenn and Jed love freaking out the people at Moody. Yes, yes we and do. And it's hilarious. Here's the depressing part. You can walk around that campus all day with that T-shirt on and nobody's going to say boo. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're just, they're the most likely thing you're going to get is, did you get that at the Lifeway on the corner there? Because that's <laughs> awesome.
3: Regardless of what plans I may or may not have in mind, uh-huh. Haley, buy us the T-shirt. Right. But if they've got more like that, Buy us both of them.
2: Right. Right. We we are
1: fully willing to reimburse you for the cost of buying these (laughs) T-shirts and then
3: some. And here's the thing. I I understand you're going to I enjoy thrifting. I know you don't want to go in there and kind of blow your cred with these people off of this. Put Andrew in a wig with the sunglasses that have the nose and the mustache.
2: Have him go in there and buy it. (laughs) That'll work for me. Make a guy do it. That's what uh, women have been doing for centuries.
3: Exactly right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let him take the hit.
3: Absolutely You know, I, I bet uh, you know, we you know, we could dress up Zach, get him in there. Actually the thought of That's Zach a lot of stubble. <laughs> a lot of beard at this and
1: point. The deepest voice I've ever heard.
2: Uh, I'm just I just saw this T shirt and I thought, You're right. I'm purely loving my husband that I have not met yet. <laughs> I mean, it just gives people a different look at it. Sure.
3: If you will send in Zach to do that, and you film it up to half my kingdom, right? N- right name right. anything you want, right? Up right, to right. half my kingdom, right? If he course, buys that,
2: extra that small, two thousand one Dodge Caravan points.
1: is all yours for the taking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think uh, because here's the thing: is you want to wear a t-shirt that lets the people know what you're about. Uh, maybe let the opposite sex, you know, know here's here's what I'm about. Here's uh, you know, here's how I do. Here's how I roll. Sure. Sure. Uh, I think this is sending all the horribly wrong messages you could could send. But maybe we can think of what would be a better slogan for your shirt. Well,
1: while we're thinking of that, I don't know why I'm giving you people more time on that, but <laughs> I'm gonna fill that time with this. I think there's an angle in this we haven't explored yet of. We were all going on the assumption that the person wearing this T-shirt would have bought it for themselves,
2: right. and
1: this really screams Baptist grandma. Oh dang! Yes. was buying a birthday gift and really thought this was going to be hip. Yeah, right? you could wear this to your FCA meetings and be the just be the envy of the youth group. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and and just a uh,
1: third day CD in a T-shirt. It's, it's yeah. time
2: for grandma intervention. Yeah, that's that that's not that's not okay. You, you gotta set grandma down and say, Grandma, I'm gonna start with this and I love you. This ain't it.
1: Nope. We, gift
2: card. Yeah, you get you know, gift card. <laughs> uh just uh the you know, you you ain't in even in the right ballpark. But here's grandma. the thing
4: is that, you know, if to go to the youth group and to wear your a breadcrumb and fish T shirt, that's a Ooh. certain type of witness. Yeah. Right. But our Lord did say, if you will not testify to me among others, then how can I testify to you among you know before my father i mean right see so, this person's really, kind of like really real.
1: no, i think that Lee, doesn't sound like a joke to the, <laughs> to the certain people he is right
2: and that's getting us back to i love jesus and i'm a little bit loose oh my now gosh, here, here's the thing about that you are going to pay for this so no, bad know, a you won't, you won't even believe but here's what i'm saying i it says you a can tell bit. that glenn
1: is going to be out of town when
2: this show drops yeah, yeah. um uh, uh, you know, it says a little bit, yeah, on there. and that's what makes it uh, okay. You see, it's, it's, you're saying the air of mystery is maintained. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know it you know we're keeping it w- within reasonable boundaries. You know, but uh, you know, love Jesus and uh, dangerous curves ahead. You know, so <laughs> now
3: uh, that is a T-shirt right there. Yeah,
2: you know, that's uh, <laughs> and, and that's to me. If you're saying I want to attract a quality mate. Yeah, I think you're you're doing much better with. That. I think
1: the those are both a little more on what might be called the shotgun approach. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to attract a lot of varying Attention. quality
2: and then do some sifting. See, here's here's what we're doing, and this is an amazingly valuable service: is you get these weirdos that that you it give you a T-shirt where you will never. Ever date another human being again if you put this t shirt on or walk around? Right, right. You got to switch towns if you wear (laughs) that shirt in your town, okay? That's on one side of it. We are clearly making uh, uh, very inappropriate suggestions on the other end. Sure. Now, the valuable service we're doing is people will now be able to choose a middle option that's more healthy for them. Will it still be articulated by a t-shirt? Uh, possibly.
3: Well,
1: Jed, is an opinion worth having if you can't express it via t-shirt?
3: Well, see, Matt, that's really my point, is how am I supposed to present my position on dating to the world if I can't do it in t-shirt form? It's not like I could just have a dating life.
2: Well, it doesn't sound very efficient. No! No! Yeah, you 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 have to describe your dating life on what it is you're wearing. Exactly right, <laughs> and it's got to
4: be so bad that, as Glenn's saying, you'd basically need the witness protection program afterward.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I I I think we've learned some valuable things here. Yeah, which is um, don't
1: buy anything they sell in a Christian bookstore.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's the main thing. Well, you can
1: get the good books on Amazon. There's no need to go into a Christian bookstore.
3: Right.
2: Well, on that basis, I think we're prepared.
3: Please, please, please go buy us that t-shirt and send it to me. Please, 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 to declare emergency off. Yeah. yeah. Sure.
1: Well, oftentimes we try not to end the emergency with nakedly begging our listeners to give us things. <laughs> We try to save that for the plug segment. <laughs> but not only do you just give us things, and by things I mean $8 a month, you get things in return. I love for Jesus, and I love kissing.
2: Yeah, that'll work. See what I'm saying? That's yeah. That's, Are you just
1: going to be peppering these throughout the episode? Absolutely. Uh,
2: you know, like kissing, it could be like kissing, uh, you know, people... You know, dogs, grandmas, just kissing in general. You know, sure. Uh,
1: Would you mind not vaguely mentioning bestiality and incest while I'm trying to do the plug? (laughs) Just,
2: um, I think you're going to want to edit that out. Probably.
4: (laughs) You could say, but what about what about you? Just
1: talk about kissing dogs. That's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back to that thing that funds our ministry, Matt.
0: Oh, I couldn't geez. wait two whole
1: minutes to get out this bit of gold.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the word. Sometimes, sometimes let's talk about kissing dogs now.
0: Oh, sometimes
1: Glenn is on stage and he must <laughs> choose the words he uses carefully. Right. Those are fantastic sermons. We record them for Bridgebox. Right. So that you can think well of Glenn and his deep wells of wisdom that he has. Right. And he chooses not to exercise in this segment of the show. Yes. We also have Bible studies, devotionals, lots of great stuff. Sign up. We don't want you to miss out on good stuff for your walk. We're closing in on April when our topic is going to be, how do I make big decisions? So that we're looking at stuff like school, relationships, job, all that kind of stuff. Just what does the Bible say about it? What do some folks who have been through some stuff have to say about it? That's the kind of thing you get every month, and all sorts of exclusive music and lots of other goodies. Eight dollars a month. It all goes to help us continue to hire part-time missionary staff people right here in inner city of Chicago. You can also sign up for Lee Younger version. It's exclusive uh, music from Lee every month. Goes to fund what he does down there in Tennessee. It's missionusa dot com slash bridgebox. Missionusa dot com slash bbly. And we'll see how much of that segment survives the edit. <laughs> all right, we're gonna do something a little different this week. Not be wildly inappropriate. That's pretty normal, actually.
2: I'm afraid of change.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. All
1: right. You, so
2: you handled that well, Dad. Normally, <laughs> if you're
1: new to the program, if you're new to the program, it was nice knowing you. I understand if you're not still listening. But normally, we answer three different questions we get in from people. So, by the way, if you had things in the inbox, we'll get to, we'll start getting back to them next week. We're gonna go back to our normal format. But we got a really interesting question from our friend Kenny. Down there in the Carolinas, who uh, we thought this might be an interesting thing to do, kind of a whole episode on just kind of one broader topic. So Ken says, thanks to the advice and guidance of you fellas, mainly Glenn. That's in the the email, because you people learn quick. That's right. I'm getting hitched this Sunday. That's today, as a matter of fact. We recorded this on Uh, March 15th, 2015. Anyways, I was wondering if y'all could give me some advice on how to get this marriage started off strong. I don't have any specific questions, just seeking the wisdom of some more seasoned and well-aged gentlemen. Well-aged gentlemen, of course, being the name of the Downton Abbey spinoff we're planning for Glenn to star in. (laughs) This can be answered on the podcast in the email. By the way, you are all cordially not invited to the wedding because Kenny gets us.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's beautiful. That's, so that you get, that's, that's the, you couldn't have got us a better gift. Absolutely, that we don't have to go to your wedding.
1: <laughs> so we had the so the idea is we're going to kick this around. So Glenn, you've been married for how long?
2: Uh, forever.
1: Okay, pop quiz. Glenn has been married since the dawn of recorded time. Jed, you've been married for
3: a uh, little under five
2: years. And oh, Lee, like you remember it? Thirteen and a half years. Once you pass two decades, it's like you know a long time. Sure. Just uh, no it's one remembers when we Time immemorial. Yeah, yeah.
1: So these guys have been all been married for a while. They're all married to wonderful women. They all have great marriages that are the kind that you, the listener, should be aspiring to. So normally we get very specific questions about marriage. I'm thinking of doing this. I'm having this relationship problem. And we want to answer the questions you ask. We try not to do what Glenn kind of t- calls ministry, changing the channel. We don't, okay, you asked a question about this, but we're going to give you the answer about that. So what that means is some there's some really good tips, some good stuff that we just haven't touched on too much because we're answering specific questions. So we're going to do this episode next over a little bit is we're going to kind of bat the general concept around and these guys will kick into it. So the place I want to start with is, as Kenny pointed out, we want to at least start off geared to newlyweds. We know uh, we got Dave and Lauren down there in the Carolinas. We got Kenny and his lady getting married. We've got Mike and Nicole getting married next month. Lots of folks kind of starting marriages. So Glenn, I'm going to start with you and um, if you can cast your mind all the way back, um, yes. what were some surprises? That, that moment Surprises. where you thought, someone really could have warned me that this was going to go this way?
2: Well, uh, what's funny is when you when you look to get married, uh, everyone seemingly wants to give you advice. And, uh, well, almost none of it is worth anything. <laughs> so uh, that was a surprise, you okay. know. Uh, really, um, uh, so, you know, I think... Um, uh, I think the surprises were really that, um, uh, it, we mentioned it in the last podcast, but that it was just so different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you think, well, we're dating, we're intimate, we know each other, we we hang out, we share stories, whatever. The only thing that's really going to change is, you know, we're going to sleep in the same bed every night. So how different could this really, really be? It's just
1: one piece of paper.
2: Yeah, there's, there's other things that come with marriage. We call it special hugging. <laughs> uh, and, that's a, uh, and that's a welcome change. Sure. And, and, and a pleasant surprise. In many there was respects. no special hugging before, there but was now no. there is special hugging. And that's, you know what? Uh, praise God. So but uh the you know but the, the 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 there suddenly becomes this dynamic where you get in a fight and you think you know what if this woman doesn't get her head on straight I'm just going to wait I can't do anything yeah we're doomed to be together forever yeah and that's a new thought in your brain before there was always an option now we're locked in a, in this thing, and there's there's no givesies backsies, and uh, you know we've got to we've got to make this thing work, and so it cre- it's a there's an intensity to that I think, and there's a a sense of kind of a a sense of we can't uh, simply at this point say this has been a pleasant experience and let's go our separate ways. It really now becomes there. We have to adopt a new attitude of whatever this is. We have to figure this out, and we have to cultivate a um, culture, so to speak. We have to cultivate a language and a methodology of how do we, as a couple, solve our problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know that I don't think we had that before we were married. Uh, a lot of good strategic stuff, but it was really after we were married where we realized, okay, that's a big part of what we need.
1: Okay. Uh, one thing I want to point out as we move on here is uh, obviously we're all dudes. There's yep. going to be a lot of, there might be some gender pronouns. It might me this, this is all applicable advice. We're not just giving advice to husbands, but um, yeah. we're, we're just in the interest of simplicity. We're not going to the one partner should say to the other partner. So, you know, know that we're not, this isn't meant to be uh, exclusive. It's just, that's, that's the hand we're dealt. So Jed, how about you?
3: Well, I think one of the things that became clear very, very quickly was that everything was strongest if we would face it as a team. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that if we embraced the idea of saying, there's no such thing as my problems, there's no such thing as your problems, there's only our problems. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we face everything as a team. We are, right. um, if if we face it together, we're unstoppable. Um, right. And, I mean, part of, you know, Hallie, my story is the first, you know, maybe two and a half years from certainly, we had everything in the world go wrong circumstantially in our lives. Right, um, I right. mean, just, um, it was unbelievable. And, and so, it was one of those kind of things where you either figure out something or you just lose your mind. Um, but, but the thing that we came to was if we face it as a team, we can't be stopped. Um, you know, if you know, and that's part of the point we're talking to Ecclesiastes about a quarter three strands is not easily broken. Right. Um, you know, uh, um if both of us are pulling on the same end of the rope, if both of us are working together, even if one of us is having a really hard day, the other one can help bear them up and vice versa. If we're not facing things as a team, it's very easy to take us out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to 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 mess with us. But the the thing of it is it's not it really does become a, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts kind of thing. That team is far more powerful than just kind of the arithmetic sum of what the two of us can do. If you put it together, there's, there's an exponential impact. So I think, I think that was definitely um, a part of it. I think kind of the, the flip side of it is when you're, when you're facing things as a team, you begin to have a, a firm sense of, Things that are under your control and things that are not under your control. You know, we had, again, we had a lot of circumstantial stuff go just nuclear blast level of terrible our first couple of years of marriage. And we had to come to terms with there's all kinds of stuff that's not under our control. We can address it. We can face it. But we can't just change it. We can't just will a difference. But you begin, and this will sound weird, you begin to rejoice every time you find something where the problem is you, and mm-hmm. the reason for that is you can fix that, right? Okay. You can you can address that right now, and I think it, it creates kind of a, 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 in a good sense a mentality of it's us against the world, right? Um, right. right. And right. every single thing that we can find where it's us, we you know it's within our power. Change it, man. Let's jump on that with both feet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's get after that because the world is slowly trying to ruin us, right. and right. and it's and it's us against them. So I think you know being that team and. Um, as a team facing the problems we can do something about that are under our control, I think made an incredible difference for us. Mm-hmm. Totally. Lee. Um, well,
4: I, I can say from, from our perspective, we didn't really have, we, we had a, a couple that kind of helped us try to walk through some premarital counseling stuff. I don't know that the couple who did that had ever done that before. And um, looking back, we, you know, or, we look back on that and we're like, man, that really, (laughs) it, uh, it lacked a lot. Let's just put it that way to put it mildly. And the thing that was so interesting was, uh, the most surprising to me anyway, is I think I, I think I expected that when, that when Christy and I got married, I was going to really learn all just, uh, you know, learn everything about her. You know, I figured, you know, I, I know who I am. And everything, and now we're now we're married. We're living together, and everything. I'm gonna learn. I'm really gonna learn who who she is, who this person is. And what happened was when you th- when when we kind of when our lives collided together on a nonstop basis, like Glenn saying, "There's no getting out of this thing." What happened was I learned a lot of stuff about myself that I yeah. really really didn't want to see. Yeah. Um, to pinpoint the number one thing, I learned that I basically am the most selfish human being that's ever lived on the face of the planet. And I did not know this. <laughs> sure. You know, I, 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 I really didn't know this. I mean, I'd had kind of roommate, you know, college roommates, live with some dudes before or whatever. But, you know, until you really throw your life together with somebody where, you know, you know, two become one and you're sharing all this intimacy and you're sharing the money and you're sharing decisions and all this kind of stuff, and then, you know, you have to face these conflicts and stuff like Glenn is talking about, I had no idea how selfish I was, and um, you know, I, I do a fair uh, a fair bit of premarital counseling now, and I mean the amount, and you can ask any couple that I've talked to the amount that that I kind of pound this idea home, you know, of you do you have no idea how much you're going to find out just how selfish a person you are. <laughs> it is unbelievable and so it's one of those deals where you know i we just had to learn this about each other is just it is i have no like when it comes to like having a relationship like this i have no idea what i'm doing i think that was probably the biggest surprise was Just, I I don't know what I'm doing. And we had to kind of learn everything from the ground up together. And that's the cool deal about, you know, now coming from a place of discipleship now, helping other people kind of get ready for their marriage, we can help them skip a lot of those, you know, a lot of those steps of learning that from the ground up. But man, at least from my perspective, I had to learn that from zero. Sure, sure.
1: Jed said something interesting there. He made a great point. Glenn, I'm pretty sure I got this from you, so I'd like you to explain it. The phrase, pulling on the same end of the rope. I think that actually absolutely. that flies a lot of what you guys are looking at. It's one of those really good kind of, we call them Fitz, Fitzgeraldian sayings around here that really sums that up well. It's something everybody should know. Can you explain the story behind that? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, it's an old baseball manager uh, from years ago, a very famous one named Tommy Lasorda. Uh, he would get the team together uh, before the season would start, and his analogy was, uh, it's like a tug of war. If we all pull on the same end of the rope, uh, we can defeat anyone else. We can win the World Series. We can do anything we want to do. But if we pull against one another, if uh, if we fight, if we have conflicts, if we're, if we're pulling in opposite directions, then we'll get nowhere. And it's amazing how often in, in marriage... Uh, you get into a conflict and you're just pulling on the other end of the rope and you find yourself pulling on your end because someone else is pulling on the other. It's not, you know, you you feel like uh, I'm under attack so I'm supposed to be defensive. I mean, that, what, what else would I be if I wasn't defensive here? Um, but it's amazing how often uh, you can get into sort of a marital conflict. It's amazing how often, um, uh, uh, you know, Jane and I can get into a conflict and, and we actually agree on about 90% of it, and it's just 10% that we disagree on. Yeah. So there's the, we've learned over many, many years to say, okay, wait a second, hold up. Let's pull on the same end of the rope. We both want to see the problem solved, whatever the problem is. We both agree that the nature of the problem is X. We both uh, feel that it needs to involve this, so, given that we're all on that same page, you tell me what you think, and I'll listen, and I'll give her a respectful listen. I'll tell you what I think, and we'll put that on the table, and, and you give me an honest listen. I'll bet between the two of us, but, the, but, but our goal is, let's agree on as much as we can agree on. Let's not yeah. pull on opposite ends of the rope. And it's amazing how uh, just uh, powerful, that can be. As Jed said, when you get in a problem-solving mode as a team together, right. oh, then then it's, 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 it's done. It's The devil's always trying to do a work to peel you off of each other and say this is, uh, 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 you know, you're thinking, as, as Lee is saying, you're thinking selfishly. You're looking out for you. You should be looking out for me, whatever. And so there's a I uh, you, you know, I... Uh, and losing uh, trust and respect here you know that kind of stuff that's where the devil wants to get in just to build on that one thing you should know if you don't know all marriages have conflict exactly Um, uh,
3: so just in case you're wondering about that uh, all marriages and that's not even a sign something's gone wrong Mm -mm. that's just two different people occupying the same space all marriages have conflict yeah Um, but I mentioned that to say just to build on what Glenn's saying one of the things I had to learn again and again and again, um, and it's actually true to this day, for Hallie and I, if it's not every time, it's close to it, whenever we have conflict, if we trace it back to its source, it's failure to properly communicate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lit- if, again, if it's not every time, it's extremely close, it's 99% of the time. And one, I think one of the things that, for both of us, was kind of a shocking thing when we got married, because we thought, well, we know each other so well, you know, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. we're finishing each other's sentences and everything, right. is you kind of can't a, you don't know what the other person is thinking, yeah. um, and you discover that very, very quickly. And B, you actually can't overdo communication. Right. Um, there, there's, you know, I've, I've, in counseling young people, one of the things I've, I've had to explain to them is you can't overdo thankfulness. Right, uh, like expressing right. gratitude, it, there's, there's no point where someone's like, you've you thanked me enough, you should stop right, right, That right. That will never, ever happen. Right. And similarly, in a marriage, and particularly early on in a marriage, you can't overdo communication. Um, mm-hmm. you, you can't overdo saying, look, here's what we're dealing with. You right. tell me everything. Right. You know, tell me what you think. We'll take the next hour and a half. You just right. tell me everything you think about it, and then we'll take it, you know, an hour and a half for me, and I'll tell you everything I think about it get it all out in the open, um, you know, so that we can figure out how we want to move forward with the situation that we're facing. You really can't overdo that. With time, you can learn how to do that more efficiently, which is a great thing. Um, But if you try and cheat that process early on, if you kind of assume, well, I basically know what she's thinking and she basically knows what I'm thinking, man, you are going to shoot yourself in the foot like you wouldn't believe. It's
2: hard to to resolve anything if you feel like you haven't been heard and you haven't been understood. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: And, um, uh, <laughs> dude, this is this is for real. Glenn used to say it semi-joking, but it's it's totally true. If you're a dude and you're in a Christian marriage, listen to your wife. Oh yeah, um, I'm deadly serious. Yeah, listen to your right. wife, dude. Mm. There there are a lot of dudes I've seen dudes. They were you know their wife's trying to say Oh yeah, 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 dude. God will make it be what she yes. said to prove a if, point. If
2: you if she says take an umbrella, take an umbrella because if you don't, God will make it rain on you. Yes, that's that And
1: not in the fun Pac-Man Jones way either. No, no, that's
2: that is that is why God put her in your life because you don't know things and she's explaining <laughs> it to you. Yeah. So pack the umbrella. What to
1: just a, a funny point on that is um one of the things, if you don't know Glenn's, a big part of Glenn's job is he helps coach the pastors who come preach the bridge. Some of that's on how to successfully preach in the bridge, which is a very different environment than kind of any other one. Sometimes that turns into kind of a friendship, mentorship relationship, where he's kind of helping them on their stuff. And um, one of Glenn's kind of, I can tell exactly how much, the, how well this dude's doing. Cause here's the thing about every pastor you've ever met. Sorry, Lee, they're all liars. Yeah. Right. Well, yes. Lee's the best one of them. He's not. But all these other, how's it going? Oh,
2: it's going. It's good. Soon. No, I, I work with criminals for a living they are are almost perfectly honest with me <laughs> uh, uh, almost every time i have a conversation with a pastor i get shined on the following
3: yeah. is a direct quote <laughs> pastor it. how's it been going oh good good ups and downs challenges death threats good good
2: that it's yeah. an exact quote that, i've
3: <laughs> heard that in real life that happened
1: yeah. And that's not the exception; that's no. the rule. But so one of one of the things Glenn knows what he's trying to surmise from context clues what's actually going on. Because these people will not tell him. Is watch the pastor's wife's face yes. during the sermon. Yep. Yes. Yep. If she has a look like, boy, I wish the dude who's saying all these things would show up at home occasionally, <laughs>
2: yes.
1: that's not good.
2: Yes. So it and, is
1: this. the mark of a healthy Christian marriage yeah. is listen to your wife.
2: Yeah. And the, there, there's a lot of wives when they find out I'm doing a little coaching with the husband Uh-oh. that find me and grab me and say, I've been telling this fool for 20 <laughs> years to stop doing this. And this-
1: are they always right?
2: They are always dead, right? I, you know, I'm looking at like, yeah, I noticed that. Why would? Why he they that? he well, start handing been, you notes? Yeah, I'm exactly right. I've been telling this <laughs> fool for all that he's driving us all crazy. He <laughs> won't listen to me. I'm like, hey, you know, if he's not listening to you, you sleep with him. How's he going to listen to me? You know, so. But that's yeah. There, You have to have that, uh, that trust. You know,
1: that's actually cool. One of the things that both uh, Glenn and Jeb are out there, which I'd like to explore a little more, is not only the idea of communication because it is the most Cliched thing we hear about marriage. And we hear a lot. It's cliche- one of those things, rare things that's cliched because it is real, real true. About communication is not only an important thing, the most important thing. But I'd like to look at one little aspect of it, which is important and goes back to kind of pulling on the same end of the rope that Glenn was telling me the other day that that is actually a phrase he and Jane will use with each other yeah, sure. in mid kind of figuring out we're pulling on different ends of the rope here. Yeah. And one of the things that as a as an outsider to marriage, which is a weird statement to say, um. All three of you, and all the all, basically everybody I know what the healthy marriage is, has their own little shorthand. Yep, they had their own way to communicate, which can have some seeds of there are staples of healthy communication. But then there's this thing that this. Couple grows around that. We've heard a little bit from Glenn and Chad on that. Lee, can you speak to that? Just kind of developing your own language with your partner.
4: Yeah, I love there, there was a statement that Glenn made earlier, which I think is such a key word. You just use the word cultivate. I think it's such an awesome word because <laughs> the thing that you're doing is you're cultivating um, you're, like in your life, you're going to be cultivating intimacy somewhere. Yeah, uh, you're you're pouring in. Um, I I was talking to these guys earlier. I've been reading um, books by a guy who's a researcher. This guy's not a Christian. And what he says is people that are awesome at relationships, what they do is they have thousands of tiny little things that they do all day long. When they're awesome at relationships, where they give and receive a system of fondness and affection, a system of trust, uh, a system of respect, and and people that are awesome at relationships know how to do that. And th- sometimes they can't even explain them to you. It's it's a, it's a look that they give. It's a it's an encouragement that they give. It's the you know the it's uh, holding hands at a certain time. It's it's a thousand little things where they kind of give and receive bids of affection and respect and communication all day long. And what they're doing is they're kind of cultivating this thing. So it's one of these deals where it's like, you know, if, if Glenn told you kind of he and Jane's system and shorthand for communication and kind of de-escalating conflict and all that kind of stuff, it wouldn't work for you. Uh, you know Jed and Hallie's system for the same thing. It might not work for you. Mine and Christie's system of de-escalating conflict, of of restoring trust, of, of 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 communicating respect. It might not work for you. But your goal is to find out what yeah. works for you yep. in that yep. system. What communicates? And one of the things that Glenn said earlier is the like the hugest key in the whole thing, which is to demonstrate when you have conflicts or even when you're when you don't have conflicts to demonstrate to this other person i hear you and i understand why you feel the way you do that makes sense to me um let let me see if i can if i can explain where i was coming from so that so that you can understand where i am people want to be heard they want to be understood and your goal is to cultivate that sense. I, I, yeah. I've always told people that when I'm doing premarital counseling, and it's the thing that I do uh, every single day, which is my goal when I wake up in the morning is I am going to treat my wife in such a way that no one, whoever wants her atten- attention, affection, or anything no one will ever catch me. I am in a competition against the rest of the world, and I will defeat everyone. No sure. holds barred. No one will ever understand this woman. No one will ever be there for her. No one will ever respect her or be affectionate towards her. And, and they cannot hold a candle to the way that I will cultivate this relationship. Yep. I am going for this like I'm in a prize fight. And if anybody wants some, step into the ring. I am already defeating you. I'm already sprinting ahead of you. No one will ever catch me. And that sense of, I am not just I'm not just kind of surviving in my marriage. I am like proactively going for the best possible closeness and intimacy and friendship and respect and trust that we can possibly build up. That is the kind of cultivation that's going to make you able to pull on the same end of the rope. That's going to make you strong enough to weather these kinds of things. Because as these guys say, you're going to face all that stuff. But when you find your unique system, that's when you can get through all all these things. It's a lot of great stuff.
1: One thing I'd like to kind of move on to here, which is, again, it's already been mentioned. um, Communication is very important. There's a certain type of communication, which maybe doesn't get talked about a lot in the uh, Christian marriage circles, which is when you want to murder each other.
2: Yes.
3: Right.
1: Kind of, uh, Glenn and Jed, I I think Jed may have mentioned earlier, there's this idea of, you know, if it's right... You'll never fight. Yeah. Mm. That's the stupidest (laughs) thing anyone's ever said. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you go on this and managing conflict and confrontation because it has to happen and avoiding it will kill your marriage. So
3: what's the healthy way to look at that? Well, I think the guiding principle, and I should say, everything I know about marriage I learned from Glenn. Um, mm. So, everything you hear me saying is, is really me quoting him. Um, with confrontation of any kind, and certainly true in marriage, cheapest price to pay is always right now. Yes. Um, Damn, yes. It, it will be harder, thornier, more difficult next week than it will be today. Yeah. Um, I mean, in rare exceptions, you say, well, she's had a terrible day, and we just don't want to pile on a day, so maybe we want to do it tomorrow. All right. But, um, Generally speaking, her mother
1: died today. Maybe we don't talk about the dishes.
3: Exactly yeah, right. right. Exactly right. But as a general rule, the cheapest price to pay is right now. And one of the things is if you if you delay, people understandably have a way of hitting back to you. So in other words, you're saying that this has been driving you crazy, but you've been refusing to say anything about it. Right? How is that cool? Yeah. Uh, which that doesn't work. It does, that doesn't work. And so they've
1: got a point. They've
3: totally got yep. a point. I think the funny thing is that in many ways the rules for confrontation in marriage are very similar to the rules for confrontation anywhere else, um, which is um, I'm not commenting on your character at all. Um, I'm I'm commenting on a specific pattern of behavior, and I'm commenting on it not as a matter of preference, just I'm an uptight person that needs to have things just so. It's this has negative effects on the quality of our team. Um, mm-hmm. therefore we need to address it. Um, now part of that is something, um, uh, Glenn has mentioned before is, um, uh, um, you want to avoid extremes. You always do X, you never yeah. do this, because those right. aren't true statements. Right. Um, no one behaves in extreme ways like that. And um, you certainly, obviously, it's right out, you know, you say you are stupid or you are anything like that, it's right out. But I think you really, in a, in a conflict, you want to avoid anything pejorative as much as possible. Yeah, you, right. say, you don't even really want to say this behavior is stupid. What, right, what you right. want to say is this behavior is causing negative effects. Right, right, um, yeah. Therefore, we need to look at it i'm happy for us to strategize together how we can do something different moving forward but this is and i want to hear where you're coming from with this i I want to hear you out on you know what's driving this but i want to be clear this behavior not you but this behavior is causing a problem and therefore we as a couple need to make a change um the goal of that is to be extremely precise Um, here is what I'm commenting on here's everything else that I'm not commenting on it's to be as gentle as possible while still being insistent on the thing that does need to to be changed it's to be as respectful as possible while still unavoidably pointing out you are engaged in an activity that needs to change um You know, if you think about it in, you know, again, kind of a medical context, the goal is to be as non-invasive as possible. You know, the the goal of non-invasive surgery is to make the smallest cut you possibly can, um, smallest opening you can, have it open for as short as possible, and then it's stitched back up so that the recovery can be as easy as possible. That's actually the goal in really all um, uh, confrontation, but definitely marital confrontation, is we want to be as precise, as small of an impact, and that's part of why we do it sooner. Because right, the, right. the sooner that we do
2: it, the smaller it can be. The, if the, I'm just going to say the sort of truth you're using, like a scalpel in this case, in a literal sense of... Uh, get this thing early and make it a small thing while Exa- it's still small.
3: Exactly right. If I wait and let myself get angry about it, the possibility of using uh, the sword of truth like a scalpel goes out the window. Right. Because now I got feelings and I got opinions right. and right. I well. And besides, and you know, and when and your mother and I right. tell you what. <laughs> well, yeah. that's not the thing. Is that's not a confrontation anymore. That's a fight. That's right. Yeah. Um. And the funny thing is, uh, not much productive comes out of fights.
2: Yeah. Because the other party feels like they need to be defensive, and
3: now we're Period. we're all dug in. Exactly right. Plenty of great stuff comes out of confrontations. If it's a fight, that's a different thing. That's
1: right. Well, to that point, I think maybe one of the reasons that um, people, and Christians in particular, avoid confrontation is because they, they are right that there's a prerogative to be kind and loving to your partner. But mm-hmm. the thing that blots out is it is possible to confront someone in a gentle, kind, restorative way. Glenn, can yeah. you walk through
2: that a little bit? Absolutely, I and, and and as I answer that question, let's let's kind of be clear here. What both Jed uh, and Lee are telling us here, they're both talking about being extremely assertive in problem solving. That's correct. That it, when you see a problem, you go after that, you jump on it with both feet, you don't let that thing linger. What you want to have as a couple, yeah, this is the thing, let me maybe paint a picture this way. If you got, you know, a couple and you went after this problem and, and as, as Matt is asking about, you you attack that problem in a positive way where you're saying to your, your your spouse, I love you, you drive me a little bit insane, here's the reason why, it's not a big deal, I'm not mad about it, I told you about it before I got mad about it. Mm. So no reason to be uh, bejiggedy if I'm using some theological no I'm tracking with you Uh, so uh, but let me uh, let me just speak to this thing because I know and you know I know you're not doing it on purpose I know you're not trying to you know I I know that's not uh, and I know you're frustrated I know you had a long day and and I understand that I'm with you I want to be on your side but it's hard for Mm. me to be on your side while you drive me completely insane so uh, uh, this is preventing us from pulling on the same end of the rope. This is preventing us from being a team. So let's look at a different way of handling. If you can be positive about that in that sort of way, still fully confrontational, but being loving, being gentle, saying the thing and so on and so forth, uh, not bruising this person on the way to explaining it. If you can do that, then, and, and let's say you do it and the problem gets solved. Here's what you do. You do your couple's high five. Yep. Uh, Jane and I don't have, we don't high five in our marriage. Well, of course. We do something called Cousin Fred's handshake. Okay. Because uh, she has a member of her family that's sort of related, but she doesn't know how. So I said, that's a cousin. That's what you say in the South, is he's just a cousin sure. Fred. And he had the, the, the world's worst handshake. <laughs> and so we give each is, other... Is it just like this? It's, it's exactly how it <laughs> okay. is. Yeah, Visual, bits. Yeah. Visual bits. Visual bits. That was
3: Glenn and I grabbing the barest tips of one another's fingers it's, and it's, shaking them.
2: That's Cousin Basically Fred's handshake. squeezing
1: th- the very tip of thumb and forefinger at each other.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, and when, when Jane and I reach a point of an agreement, we do a Cousin Fred's handshake. And... Um, uh, but, and then, then you, 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 you go into the bedroom and have a marital moment. But, here's what you're doing, is you're celebrating. Yeah. We did this, and that's a great moment, where you celebrate. We rock as a couple, because we saw <laughs> this problem, we got after it, we nailed it, we shot it down, and you know what? The next problem that comes... We're going to be stronger. We're going to be smarter. We're going to be more on the same page. We, we're developing a good language for how to deal with this stuff. We're developing good strategies. We're finding out, yes, that we're not perfect, but that knowledge won't kill us. You know, Yes, right. we all thought exactly. we were, to Lee's point, we all thought we were much more wonderful people Till this happened. Yep. But here's the thing is the knowledge that we're imperfect should not come as a shock. And exactly. the fact that we have stuff that we need to work on is not a great tragedy. Uh, we can we can uh, let go of that that image of ourselves. But I, I, I really want to give you a vision for how good it feels to kick butt as a couple, yeah. to get in there, attack something, and feel like, you know what, we're good at this. We're good <laughs> at uh, finding problems and dealing with it. Because the opposite of that, and I see this with so many couples, where they suck at solving problems. They yeah. really do. And they both will sit in front of you and tell you about their problem, and they are ashamed, yeah. you know they are down on themselves, but not really actually not down on themselves. They're down on this marriage. they feel like this marriage is wimpy, they feel like this marriage is is uh uh, uh, uh you know it, it sort of procrastinates on its problems and doesn't fix things. And, uh, you know, the, the, you know, not that they have that feeling towards each other or even necessarily totally about themselves, but it's the marriage itself just doesn't, you know, do, it doesn't solve problems. And that's a really bad place to be in. I, I think whatever you can do to avoid that, uh, uh, you know, as you're saying, to do it in a positive way but also to experience the positivity and the celebrate it afterwards is very key.
3: Well, you know, to jump right in there, and I think it links to something Lee was saying a minute ago, is the power of creativity. Um, yeah. you know, Lee was talking about it in the context of kind of your own, your own lingo. I think across the board, good marriages are built on creativity. Yeah. Um, yeah, you totally. know, just, I think one of the things that happens in Christian circles is there gets to be an idea there is a right answer, Right. And so we'll just find the right answer, yeah. and we'll just do that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist in marriage, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, you're going every day. You're coming up against problems where it's going to feel like how How would we even begin to solve this? Right. You know, how? Yeah. I, and saying to giving yourselves the permission, you know, to work together as a team and say the solution to this only has to work for us mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to right. work for yes. anybody sure. else i'll give you two quick examples of that one one's from my marriage one's not um we knew a couple this is several several years ago where they had constant fights about money just mm-hmm. just all the time and they finally came to the point and said look i don't know this would work for anybody else but what if we just had completely separate bank accounts right um just just do that again i'm not recommending it to anybody but right. you know what if we did that it massively solved their fights about it, money.
2: It, it's a weird solution, but it works.
3: Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, would that work for you? Almost certainly not, but right. that's not the point. Yeah. The point is you're facing challenges that you and your spouse, who are unique people, have to come up with your own solutions to. In my marriage, we went through a thing. We were living in a terrible apartment. It was you know kind of our, our first. And it, it, it started out not a good apartment, and then the company that owned it wouldn't maintain it, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And um, Hallie hated it. I hated it. It was terrible living there. We, Hallie desperately wanted to move out. I desperately wanted to move out. We just did not have the money in any way to do that. That just wasn't a possibility. And it's one of these things where it was really strongly tempting us to, you know, feel discouraged and depressed and sorry for ourselves. And what are we going to do? And we sat down. I remember one weekend we sat down together and we looked at it like, well, what are we even going to do? And we started talking about it together, and we came up with what sounded like a really weird idea, which was we probably can't get out of here for another year. But let's start the moving out process right now. Right. Let's start just going through our stuff, throwing out stuff that we'll, we'll need to throw out when we move out, you know, uh, boxing up the stuff we won't need for another year. Um, you know, uh, let's, let's begin that process now. It, it sounds weird, but I think it, it might work. By the end of that weekend, we felt uh, uh, 10 times better. Um, You know, it actually cleared up a little bit of space, which was one of the key problems was such a tiny apartment. So that helped. But we felt like a sense of momentum. We felt that exact sense of accomplishment that you're talking about where we had this, how, you know, you're in a terrible apartment and no way to move out. How on earth are you supposed to feel good about that? But we worked together as a team and Mm -hmm. found a way to get some forward momentum and get in a better emotional place Mm -hmm. off of it. We felt accomplished. But that, both that story and the story with the couple with money are the result of creative thinking. There's no marriage book that can tell you, well, when you reach this, this point have separate bank accounts you guys have to work it out together and apply creativity and hopefully some wisdom from the Lord and find a solution that works for the two of you
1: it's really smart stuff and Lee you want to say something about kind of we go back to the conflict thing for a minute how conflict can actually restore trust it can be reparative and how defensiveness kills that
4: right yeah if I was going to give especially young couples if I was going to give you one flat piece of advice it would be this and please hear me on this. You don't know how to apologize. Okay. You, chances are very, very good that you massively suck at it. <laughs> um, and here's what, we, here's what we stink at doing. We're good at apologizing in the literal sense of what that word means, to, to give a defense for your position or for your from where you're coming from. We're all really good at that. We're good at defending ourselves. Here's what we're not good at. And this goes back to something Glenn was saying a minute ago. We're not good at confessing that we were wrong mm. about something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are so surprised to find out, as Glenn was saying, that we are sinful people who need the gospel. I mean, right. We just forget the gospel. That's what we do. We just forget the fact that we're screwed up sinful people. Now, this is something that my friend Tom, my, my boss taught showed me and this i thought this was it's it's a little bit bible nerdy it i thought it was the coolest thing ever and it unlocked some stuff for me in thinking about this which is you guys know that in like in the scriptures there's a couple different words for there's a few different words for love we translate the word love a few different ways in the scriptures one of those words is agape and it's a word that they basically invented or took off the shelf and dusted off to express the way that jesus was loving people which was like he just cared about everything everybody, no matter what they were like, no matter how down and out they were. And, and we are supposed to have that kind of love for everybody. The, the scripture commands you to, uh, to agape people all the time, all throughout the New Testament. You have to love people like that, to care for people the way that Jesus did, no matter what they're like, no matter what they do, all that kind of stuff. We're supposed to love like that. There's another word that Greek people used for love, and it was the word phileo, and that refers to Friendship. And it's, it's the kind of love, it's like the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the city Philadelphia, it's that same word, the city of brotherly love. That kind of brotherly love, that kind of friendship, that you, the, the love that you have with somebody that you're really friends with. This is a really cool and interesting thing, but the New Testament never commands Christians to have phileo, never once. Every time that word is used, that's your choice. You get to choose who you want to be friends with. You're, you're commanded to love everybody, to care for everybody the way Jesus did. You are not commanded to be friends with somebody. Here's where I'm going with this. You have a friendship bill of rights. This is what my friend Tom came up with. You have a friendship bill of rights, and when you get into a conflict with somebody, if somebody's been a jerk, they have violated the friendship bill of rights. Okay. And they get to decide when we're going to be friends again. And here's what you have to do is you don't just go in there and, and get your defensiveness up and start defending yourself and, and stay at your position. You go in there ready to say, I was wrong about this, and I'd like to reapply for your friendship, if that's okay with you. Now, that's a, if you go into yep. a conflict, and not, this is not just marriage stuff. This is just how to be a person stuff. <laughs> yeah, but right. if you go into a conflict with that attitude of, you know what, before I go into this, I would like to revisit the possibility that I'm a sinful jerk who needed to be saved by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to start with that. And I'm going to try to develop uh, an understanding of where this person's coming from. And then I'd like to seed every point I can. Uh, I, I'd yeah. like to seed every place where I was a jerk, every place where I possibly came across in a funky way or whatever. I'd like to seed all of those things. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sorry that I did that. And uh, and and then, you know, if you'd like me to explain myself, I'm happy to do that. But I don't want to I don't want to do that. What I want to do is I just want to apologize. And uh, and 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 here's what I'm talking about. And this is a long, fancy way of saying there is a way to rebuild trust with somebody. And there's a way to not do that.
3: Yeah. You go
4: in there with your defensive guns blazing and that person's never going to feel like you understood them. What's happened is. On a micro level, you have violated the Friendship Bill of Rights, and they do not have to trust you. They do not have to bring you back into that friendship. But you go into a marital conflict ready to admit that you're wrong, ready to admit that you're a jerk, and ready to uh, understand their point of view and reapply for that friendship and and, 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 uh, and go in there with that attitude. The pathway is going to be so much more clear. And, and my guess is... You do not know how to apologize. That's not a knock on you. None of us naturally do. Our natural mode is defensiveness. But yeah. to go in there confessing, you know what? I was kind of a jerk on that. That was kind of a funky attitude to take. Um I'd I'd love another shot at at, at being at, at doing this well and being cool with you. What what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, and if I could jump right in on that, Lee, I think it's possible and we can maybe put bonus points on this too. Roll a certain amount of that attitude into the argument itself. Sure. Okay. In other words, we put a. When you read uh, the Christian books or hear the seminars or whatever, it's all about how to have a super good. Marriage, C so never have a fight again. Yeah, right? no, it's not gonna happen. What we're talking about is being really good at fighting. Yeah, exactly. That's Which is a whole and different that's thing. That's really important. Anybody yeah. who's been in a marriage knows if, if 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 you guys, if everybody's defensive in there, you guys suck at fighting. You know, yeah. you you. How long did this fight go on? Twelve hours. Well, you suck at yeah, it. Yeah, he's that's, bad at it. You got know, You got to. You know. So there, I think as, as uh, we're all really talking about, and Judd in particular. Developing a strategy that's unique for you in the way that you fight is really important. You can build in all kinds of different things. Uh, Here's a key phrase to build on Lee's point. Um, Frequently in a conflict, you will hear myself or my wife begin a phrase with, I know I'm probably wrong about this, but but I feel it super hard, (laughs) and I have to say it, or I will explode. I know I may be wrong. I'm open to being wrong. But it needs to be expressed. Yep. In nine times out of ten, you're halfway through saying it, and you realize it is wrong, <laughs> and you realize why it's wrong, and you're saying, I just feel like nobody listens to me, and I know you were listening to me before, but it's like, I feel like no one listens to me, and even though I know it's not true, and it's actually not true, and I'm really just tired, that's why I'm saying this, but I'm wrong, and, and, and never mind. You know, the, 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 it's, it, by By giving yourself permission to express something and being in touch with the fact that you may not have any kind of a point, then you know that allows for the other person to give you space to mm-hmm. express things mm-hmm. and work things out. You don't judge each other by, their, by emotions. You don't yep. say, that emotion is wrong, you shouldn't have that. Or you, you don't delegitimize those emotions. Yep. I feel like I'm this, this, this. Well, okay, you feel that way, but it's not. Uh, uh, but here's the thing. is Give yourself, uh, uh, give yourself uh, rituals, give yourself language, as we're talking about here, uh, for within that conflict you know the in in our marriage we're allowed to do time out in the middle of a in the middle of a fight yeah so good. there's many times where uh, we're it, it seems like i don't know if you guys can dig this but it seems like so many times we're in a fight we started in the middle yeah like in other words there there's sort of uh the, there should have been a preamble to this before we got into sure, this. sure 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 There's many times where I say, we'll we'll get into a fight, and I say, okay, call timeout, which you're allowed to do, call timeout, and say, here's the thing. I suspect that part of the reason why you're mad is that you're tired. I may also be a jerk. Yes. But I believe that you are tired. I believe you should be tired. I respect that you're tired. I want to help you being tired. Uh, and if I set you off by being somewhat of a jerk while you're also tired, I don't want to be that guy. Sure. I, I, you come by your tiredness honestly, I want to, and I think you deserve, and also you're doing good in this department you're doing good in that department. I want to celebrate that with you. I don't want to be distracted by this argument that we're, we're not focusing on the important things here, yep. which I think are these other things. You have something you want to address. I want to hear it. I think I may have a point. I think I might not be a jerk. I'd like to hash it out and see. But uh before we go any further, I want you to know that I actually care about how tired you are and I don't blame you for that and I actually have sympathy for that. Okay, fight on. Yeah. And then you get right back in there and keep scrapping. you know, but but you you know, uh, there there's so many times where uh uh there's something that's going unsaid as judd was talking about with the communication there's there's an assumption i'm really frustrated and no one has said that they care about how hard i've been working lately yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like well we kind of didn't get because the we we got into this you know snarling cat fight in the first three seconds of you walking in the door i didn't get a chance to say that so i can time out the argument and just say look uh, again i'm not trying to to, to distract this you you, you know you, please proceed with your your chewing of my behind but let me just make sure uh, in the in the courtroom situation they call it making stipulations and a stipulation is something where both parties agree that this thing is true yeah so they're basically saying these are the things we know we're not fighting about yeah okay and so it's important in arguments to to make as many stipulations as you can to say hey look i you know i i recognize you're tired i recognize whatever i care about you I what i you know again maybe i don't think i'm being a jerk i think i've got a point i think i'm i think you know some of this might be because you're mad at me i don't know but i do care about the fact that you're tired and i sympathize and uh and and so let's make sure that we don't fight about that yeah let's make sure that you if that's part of this even if it's just a small part uh even if this is 90 percent, i'm a jerk and i was a jerk and i need to apologize for being a jerk even so i want to make sure that it doesn't kind of snowball into a bigger argument and, and 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 a feeling like you are not being respected or appreciated yeah. because it's, because this thing went unsaid. I, I want to stop, pull up, and make sure it is said. Yeah.
1: That's a lot of great stuff you've heard. If you, uh, if you enjoyed the episode and you want us to do more of these kind of single-issue, kind of broader discussion episodes, we'd be happy to do it. Drop us a line, say that podcast at gmail.com or com. You can also use those addresses to write in your question. We'll be back to our normal format next week doing three questions. We'll do that most of the time. So, you remember, you can always sign up for Bridgebox, missionusa.com, slash bridgebox, missionusa.com, slash B-B-L-Y. We're going to take you out with a very special song this week. This is actually a song that Lee wrote for Jed's wedding. Yeah. This is a song called Just Like Jesus Will. This is a recording of that. So, it's the best marriage song ever. Really cool. And uh, so, we'll take you out with that. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
2: Let's say that podcast. Let's get Matt married so he can tell stories. Woo! I <laughs> <laughs> good. Brother,
0: you're holding hands You're taking vows And these impossible demands They weren't just meant for now So when the nights get long When the days are hard When everything feels wrong And the distance far Remember these words These things you're promising to do They are the Lord's, this is how He loves you No matter how she may change, you must love her still Oh, remain the same just like Jesus will Oh, remain the same just like Jesus will To look in His eyes Take a deep, long breath You're laying down your life And promising unto death Whatever tragic hour Whatever pain or mess The Spirit gives His power And the Father says yes When you remember these words These things you're promising to do they are the Lord's, this is how He loves you. No matter how He may change, you must love Him still. Oh, remain the same, just like Jesus will. Oh, remain the same, just like Jesus will. Remember these words, these things you're promising to do Cause they are the Lord's, this is how He loves you No matter how you may change, you must love still Oh, remain the same just like Jesus would. Remain the same just like Jesus would.